0: Is I can't even fathom eternity. I can't fathom unbroken fellowship with God. I know what it's like to wake up and go into my, my study at home and feel like my prayers hit the ceiling. I know what it's like to open my Bible and be like, I don't have a clue what this means. Or to say, I don't feel like reading this right now. I know what it's like to say, Lord, will you speak to me and hear my own thoughts running very loudly or the thoughts of my parents or other people. I know what that's like.
1: As a follower of Jesus, you've heard that you're meant to invest in eternity. But that doesn't mean you're supposed to mail it in during this life. As Pastor Daniel will explain, it's about giving up your version of this life so that you can live the most abundant one right now. You have to give up on the idea that you even know what you want. It's not just a dash or a touch of Jesus, but a life saturated with his love and fellowship every day. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with his continuing study entitled, The Greatest is Love. Jesus
0: is man, some of us need to just put away childish things. And I believe that there's some of you here today, God's like, that's a childish thing. You need to get rid of that. Because when I'm a man or a woman, I put away the childish things I'm this life. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 20, speaking about maturity and Being children, it says, brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. See, God wants us to mature in understanding. In malice, in anger, in frustration, be children, but be mature in understanding. God wants us to grow spiritually. And I'm here to tell you, if you're a younger person here today... 1 Timothy chapter 4, such a great section for you. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in love and faith and purity. See, spiritual maturity has nothing to do with your physical age. It has everything to do with your understanding and maturity in the things of God. Jesus was a young man in his culture. And no one ever spoke like him. We want to be growing spiritually. And we should expect growth. You're growing today. And the question is, are you growing bitter or better? Are you maturing in the things of God or are you sliding away? And if you're here today and you're sliding away, you need to come back. If you're here today, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. I'm here to tell you, there's nothing worse than growing without the Holy Spirit working internally in your heart. And listen, I did it. I got saved at 21, almost 22 years old. And I grew, I had all these experiences, but I wasn't really growing. I was just being conformed to a world that makes people miserable. You want... The forgiveness of God, the Holy Spirit to indwell you, to change you from the inside out. And do not leave here today without saying, I want the Holy Spirit to cleanse me, to forgive me, to come inside of me and teach me from within. It's having a live-in tutor who loves you, who's growing you up in the things of Christ. So first, we need to expect growth. Paul's like, look, when I was a child, I was childlike. And as I got older, I put away childish things. You need to expect growth. Now, notice what he says next, verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. So over this, I want to put this point that the future is bright. Or if you guys are children of the eighties, the future is so bright. What do you got to do? I got to wear shades. That's a good one, isn't it? I almost wore some shades if you're in the pulpit. The future is so bright. He's saying, look, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I'm going to know as I'm known. Now listen, Corinth was a metropolitan city. And so they had mirrors, but the mirrors back in the day were not like the mirrors today. They were metal, and they would be heavily deforming of the average. Even the best mirror in that day is not even comparable to the worst mirror that we have today. Technology has changed. And so a mirror in that culture was not like, and I like to talk about those mirrors. I know a lot of you gals have those um, those hyper amplified mirrors that you can see every single pore that you never realized that you had on your face that you're not supposed to see with the naked eye, but you saw it. Talk about... Crushing esteem, man. That stuff's scary. But you did it to your... I mean, you bought that thing. I don't know why you'd want that thing. We have one of those in our bathroom. I want to just cover it up, you know? Because every time you look, you're like, like, I have hair growing out of places in my face I didn't even know it could grow. It's unbelievable. I'm like the wolf man. And like, I got to deal with that stuff. I'm like, oh, Lord, help But you did it. I mean, listen, you bought, you did that to yourself. You got to be nicer to yourself. See, those mirrors are crazy, but look, back in the day, imagine looking on a, at your reflection in a piece of metal, and you can't really see it very well. He's saying, look, now we see in a glass dimly, it's all blurry, but then we're going to see him face to face. Now we know in part, then we're going to know just as we are known. He's saying, look, now we only have an inkling of what it's going to be, but then it is going to be rocking the casbah. The future for you and for I is so bright. And I want you to have a hope and an expectancy and a joy about what the future holds. You have to remember that while we are here now, this is the life God has given us. But there is a glory that awaits you and I that transforms the way that we live. I pray that you are like, the future is going to rock. This glory that awaits me in Jesus, it's unreal. See, we will see him face to face. That's a biblical term for unhindered fellowship. Knowing just as we are known. What that means is you are going to know everything just as God knows you right now. When we attain to the hereafter, to that eternal life, when we get rid of these bodies that are earthbound and we get our resurrection bodies and we're with the Lord, it says that God's numbered every hair on your head. That's a crazy statement. And just the way God, I mean, can you, I lose count. Remember the stars? God says, your descendants will be as stars in the sky. There's an estimation on how many stars are in the sky. God knows every one of them. And everyone that's ever been, that's ever burnt out, God knows all that. And we're going to have that same kind of knowing. Now, what do you do when you realize that the future is so bright? I think that people, by and large, do two things. One, I think, is an error. And one, I think, is what God has. What some people do is they say, I just can't wait to get out of here. They have an escapist mentality. Now, listen, the reason I think that's an error, because God... Did not put you there. He put you here now. And although we know that the future is so bright... We need to be here in this life on this day, Pentecost Sunday, 2014. We need to say, Lord, I am going to be here with all of my might and all of my joy. And Lord, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to serve the world at its places of pain in the name of Jesus while you give me breath in my lungs for me to live as Christ. And I want to experience his glory this side of eternity. See, you either say, I'm going to be an escapist. I just want to get out of here. This world's going to hell in a handbasket, so I just can't wait for the rapture. The theology may be true, but the heart behind it's all wrong. Does it make sense? So we want to be here with all of our hearts, knowing that there's something that awaits us down the road. It's kind of like having to go through dinner to get to dessert. <laughs> You're saying, look, Lord, I'm going to grab hold of this life, and I'm going to say, Lord, just use my life. Fill me with your spirit. I want to be a part of what you're doing this side of eternity, and I'm going to be here in as many days as you give me, Lord. I'm going to milk it for all it's worth. Because for me to live is Christ, and then to die is what? Is gain. So we need to hold that tension. We don't want to be escapists. We're like, Lord, as long as you'll give me, there's going to be fruit for my labor. As long as I'm here, Lord, I'm going to get at the work of the kingdom as you lead me. And Lord, I know that whenever it's all said and done, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Many of us, though, you just can't wait to get out of here. And you're missing out on a little bit of heaven on earth today. The future's so bright. Right now, everything is partial. But there's coming a day when Our faith will be sight, as the old hymn says. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. The Apostle Paul uses the mirror analogy, but in a different way. He says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, Later, Paul's talking about Moses and the glory when he was in God's presence and how he covered his face because the glory was diminishing. He's saying, listen, for the people of God, we don't have to veil our face because the glory is here right now, and it's not diminishing because of the Spirit of God and because of Jesus. My friends, I cannot wait for the great glorious family reunion in glory. But until God puts us there, I want to behold his glory with an unveiled face. I want to be a vehicle for the spirit of God in this world. As many days as he'll give us. So my friends, listen. We know that the future is going to be amazing. We're going to know just as we are known. We're going to have unbroken, unhindered fellowship with God. But until that day comes, we need to be here in the presence of the spirit of God. And when the time comes... When we take the step from this life to the next, it's just a step. It's not a leap. Because we're living a little bit of heaven on earth until we get to live a little heaven in heaven. And then if you read the end of the book of Revelation, what happens again? You get to live heaven on the new earth. So cool. So crazy. See, God wants you not to mail in this life. I've heard it so many times people say, oh, well, you know, that whole Christianity stuff, Fusco, like, you know, who really needs it? It's just get out of jail, free card. You're just giving up this life for eternity. I always say, no, 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 no. I'm giving up my version of this life so that I can have the abundant life now. And I get eternal life in the year after. It's not just about me mailing this life in so I can have eternity, even though if that's the way it rolled eternity and maybe 90 years, 80 years, probably for me, maybe more like 50 or 60, you know? It's like, yeah, are you gonna trade 50, 60 years, 80, 90 years for ages upon ages without end? It'd be be a smart move. But Jesus doesn't say, I want you to give up these 80 or 90 years so that you can get eternity he says no I want you to give up your version of these 80 or 90 years a self-styled life that is never going to be fulfilling because you don't even know what you want or what makes you happy it changes every single day so you're going to give up your self-styled life and I'm going to give you my spirit and you're going to be on an adventure that you never even dreamed about with me in this world I'm going to give you an abundant life now and an eternal life in the hereafter that is a maximized life right there And I believe that God wants you to take that step. That's why we talk here across about simply responding to Jesus. There's some of you, you need to step. Jesus is waiting for you. You just need to step into his arms and let him forgive you so that you can start this process. For others of us, we put our faith and trust in Jesus, but we're not really leading the abundant life because we just put a little Jesus veneer on a self-styled life. You got the Jesus wrapping paper. This is very common in our day and age because it doesn't cost you anything to follow Jesus. You just put Jesus on top of whatever it is that you do and you say, this is my life. Listen, if you feel like, and God's saying, look, that's totally you. You have like a little Jesus veneer, but not following Jesus, you need to say, Lord, I'm gonna leave my self-styled life and I'm gonna step out on the water with you, Lord. And we do this because the future is bright and the present is bright is in the hands of God right now. I can't even fathom eternity. I can't fathom unbroken fellowship with God. I know what it's like to wake up and go into my my study at home and feel like my prayers hit the ceiling. I know what it's like to open my Bible and be like, I don't have a clue what this means. Or to say, I don't feel like reading this right now. I know what it's like to say, Lord, will you speak to me and hear my own thoughts running very loudly or the thoughts of my parents or other people. I know what that's like. And some of you are going through those dry seasons right now where you're just like, am I forsaken by the Lord? That's a temporary reality. And listen, sometimes God moves in our life through hiddenness and manifestation. Sometimes God chooses to be silent for good reason. But there's coming a day when all those temporal realities will be done. The future's so bright. Now look at how this chapter closes. And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, you all know in John 15 it says that we should abide in him, right? that he is the vine and we are the branches. Now he says, I want you to, as we abide in Jesus, we abide in these three, faith, hope, and love. Now, I want to frame this for you. So we have faith, hope, and love. These three, the triplets of Christian grace. The greatest is love, but we abide faith, hope, and love. Now, I want to add another verse into this to explain it to you. And this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. I'm going to read it to you. It says this. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Now listen to this. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. You notice those same three words, faith, hope, and love, but now they're qualified? They're qualified by verbs. Notice what it says. It says, your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience in hope or patience of hope. I want to explain to you faith, hope, and love using those qualifiers first, the work of faith. Now, does anyone get saved by faith? Anybody? Yes. I asked that in a weird way, didn't I? I want to see if you guys were listening. I was like, We are saved by faith apart from works. What that means is that your standing with God has nothing to do with what you've done. It has everything to do with who Jesus is and what he's done. So does anyone get saved by faith? What's the answer? Yes. All who would believe are saved by faith. But notice, you don't get saved by works, but you get saved unto works. See, true biblical saving faith works that make sense? What you believe is lived out in your life. And true saving faith works. That's why Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that people would see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Your faith in Jesus is lived out every single day. So true faith works. And I love that the apostle Paul to the church in Thessalonica says, it's the work of faith. We believe in Jesus, and we and that works out in our lives. We live differently. We love radically. We give generously of our time, talent, and treasure. We bestow mercy, and we withhold judgment because our faith works, because God doesn't do those things to us. He blesses us, and he takes care of us, and we pass that along. So we have the work of faith. I love the next one, the labor of love. Okay, here, listen. Love's hard, man. It's a labor. When you think of something that's a labor, you don't think to yourself, okay, so yeah, it's just, you know, love's easy. No, it's a choice that you make, and you have to do it. And when you think of something, like when I was thinking about using that jackhammer, it was a lot more fun before I was actually doing it. (laughs) And love is a labor. It's a decision that you make, and it's hard, and it suffers long. See, we want to love really quickly, simply, easily. But true love is hard work. Loving people is a full-time job, and it's a tiring job. I think the reason we love the idea of love, but actually having to do it so hard, because people are so unlovable sometimes, and guess what? So are we. So it's a labor of love. It plays itself out in work. And God will give you the grace to live out the labor of love. He'll give you a spirit to keep you going. When you're like, I can't do it anymore. You know what's amazing? How many times have you said, I've had enough, and God says, well, I have more to give. <laughs> Don't you? It's like, come on, Lord. And if you're, I, I, I'm sure there's people here, you're like, I've had enough, I am done. No, you're not, because God ain't done. And God, it's not that God won't give you more than you can handle. God won't give you more than he can handle. You couldn't handle it in the first place anyway. That was the first mistake you made, thinking you could handle it. So when you're at your wit's end, that's when God shows up. I'm like, I've been waiting for you to be exhausted. Now let me do it. Trust me. It's a labor of love. And then patience of hope. Hope is, think about, how do you define hope? H-O-P-E. Having only positive expectations. That's kind of like a, kind of a a blah way. If you thought about it from a truly Jesus-centered way, He only provides everything. See, it takes patience to believe in the desired outcome that you don't see. Like, can you you think what it says in the Bible that God is going to put all things to right? So everything in this world is totally broken. It's all mangled and messed up. And God's going to put everything together and it's all going to work perfectly. The lion is going to lie down with the lamb. The little kids can be able to play in the cobra hole and not end up with venom in them, being rushed to the hospital and all, all this. It's all going to be different. And we trust in him. But you have to have patience in the midst of all the brokenness you see to believe That God is gonna bring a positive outcome. And I think you have to link patience with hope because if you don't have any patience, hope is impossible. Because you have to bear with life until God brings the desired outcome. For many of you, listen, be patient because God is working things out. You have to try, you have to say, okay, Lord. It doesn't make any sense. It, it's hard. It hurts. But I hope in you. You are the God of all hope. I trust in you. I believe that you're going to bring something beautiful out of this calamity. I always think of John who works on our building services team. He's gone through all sorts of things over the last couple years in his family. And he says, always so says says, I can hear him. Pastor Daniel, always choose hope. Dude, what a powerful statement that is. Always choose hope. Why? Because abide, faith, hope, and love. Have the patience of hope. Always choose hope. Always believe that God is on the move and God is going to bring something beautiful out of something completely horrendous. So these three, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is what? Is love.
1: Jesus. Is real. of faith hope and love the greatest is love the way we give of our time our mercy our grace it's all born out of love as pastor daniel reminded us love is described as a labor it's a choice that we make and not always easy but always worth it giving is one of the central themes in the bible Believe it or not, it's the main subject of nearly half of the parables that Jesus taught. Like prayer and serving others, money is an outlet of spiritual power. When it's released into ministry, God does amazing things with it. To understand what it means to be a Christ follower, we must also understand what it means to be a giver. Please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly supporter of Jesus is Real Radio. For more information, log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thanks, Josh. Pastor Daniel would like to invite you to join him each day on Facebook for his two-minute messages. Pastor Daniel shares from his heart and God's Word in a way that will impact your life. It's the perfect way to inject a little bit of Jesus into your routine. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links to the two-minute messages. Now, here's Josh with a preview of what Pastor Daniel will be covering in the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel begins a new series in God's Word. We hope you have come to a new understanding about what God really means by the greatest is love. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through God's Word. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.